is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Welcome, everybody, to the Real Health Podcast. I'm your host today, Leah Chischilly, and joining me from Hayes, Kansas, is Dr. Dustin Moffitt. Hi, Dr. Moffitt. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I know it's been a busy day for you, but we appreciate you taking the time out. Um, So today we're actually going to talk about, we're going to build on an article that you wrote. And that article was titled Muscle as Medicine. And this is actually really interesting because I've never thought as never thought of muscle as medicine. It's more just something that makes you stronger. So just in a nutshell, how does muscle become more than muscle and become medicine? There is no simple nutshell other than if I've got a pin it down to something, it's a metabolic stabilizer. Um, So it helps our body's entire metabolism balance itself a lot better. And then, of course, medicine-wise, it can also be protective to to the rest of our body. So that can, a lot of medicine nowadays is moving towards prevention. So um, it really becomes a, a key integral part for preventative medicine. Yeah. And, you know, talking about aside from getting stronger, because that's a pretty obvious benefit of it, but some of the things that you had talked about in the article, um, if you could just elaborate on a few of those, one thing you said is that it can potentially help with cognitive function. How does that work? Um, so the cognitive function piece can really come from something called a, um, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is just kind of a growth factor that helps um, our brain function a little bit better. Uh, but another way that it can work to, to help the brain function better is, is it uh, stimulates hormone growth. So human growth hormone is uh, preliminary to many of our other hormones. And when our hormones are balanced, uh, our brain works a lot more functionally. Uh, one of the key complaints of people aging is memory loss or fatigue, right? Um, So when we stabilize those hormones, it stabilizes that. But also at a cellular level, it helps us balance our glucose and insulin metabolism. And when our blood sugars stay more steady, our brain works a heck heck of a lot better. Uh, Have you ever had a point where your blood sugar crashes and you just feel like you're you're brain fogged, can't think? Mm -hmm. All you can think about is food, Mm -hmm. right? That's a survival mechanism. Um, So it's there to help stabilize that. Some other ways of of how muscle as medicine works is it makes our thyroid function a lot better. When our thyroid functions better, our our underlying metabolism works better. we have a better thermogenesis. Let's see some other ways of to to make brain work. I think I think that kind of answers a good majority of it. Yeah, and I can definitely attest to that because uh, a couple years back when I was a patient here, um, found out that my hormones and my thyroid thyroid were out of whack and. 
in addition to taking supplements, something I really made a conscious effort because I had been slacking for a number of years was getting back into resistance training and building muscle. Also blood sugar imbalances. I had all these things. (laughs) And so doing that I think was a huge benefit. And I know overall, I feel so much better when I incorporate the weight training piece and am feeling stronger. Yeah. I I notice that myself. So that's why I get into the gym and at least a couple times a week lift heavy things to put them back down. Yes. I remember Um, you saying that. I love it. (laughs) It's so simple, right? Um, So another thing I want you to talk about, because this is a, a huge, very important thing, is that building muscle increases mitochondrial synthesis. And I know our mitochondria are so important. So can you really simplify that for people? Because I think there's a lot of people out there, we just don't even know what a mi- what the mitochondria do. Okay. The mitochondria are the easy thing to, to describe. Um, and Texas kind of went through that recently too, right? With <laughs> power loss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mitochondria are the powerhouse of each of our cells. Uh, they help us regenerate energy and keep cellular functioning going, but they also help us utilize our oxygen. And through both of those is uh, basically how how mitochondria work to improve how uh, our body works. And muscle stimulates, especially heavy weight training or HIIT training, stimulate the mitochondrial um, enhancement, I guess. So it would help regulate something called mitochondrial dysfunction, which is, yet again, not a technical diagnosis. It's more of a a symptom diagnosis. Now, does mitochondrial dysfunction, is that just kind of a byproduct of aging or are there other factors? There are other factors, but primarily I would say um, aging would play a, a big role into it but also environmental exposures. So if you are surrounded by toxic elements all the time, that's going to blunt our mitochondria. If you don't fuel your body for success by eating the right foods or getting an exercise routine in, that leads to poor mitochondrial function. Not sleeping well can, can blunt that. So there's a lot of different things that can affect how our mitochondria work. Um, There's also fasting techniques that have been shown to increase mitochondrial function. Now, another question I want to ask you is in relation to diet, because I know that that's so important for muscle building. What does kind of an ideal diet look for someone who's trying to build more muscle? Or is there an ideal? Is it something that's individual? It really is something individual. However, it has kind of been broken down into different body types. Um, so different body types will adapt better with maybe a higher protein or fat portion for, for muscle building. Um, some people actually need carbohydrates uh, at a larger proportion. I'm not a big proponent of when you are trying to build muscle of a low carbohydrate diet that typically does not work. Um, carbohydrates replenish a lot of our muscular tissue. Um, and you can tend to build, especially if you're going for more bulky type muscle rather than the pure lean muscle, um, which really the, the, it's hard to differentiate. Um, really, that comes down to water weight is what it is. <laughs> but um, I like a very well-balanced diet. So 
Proportions can vary um, for fat percentages. I'd say anywhere from 10 to 30% on average for different individuals. Um, carbohydrates can fluctuate between 30 and 60% on individuals. 60 is getting really high. Yet again, it's going to be very individual, but most people would not do well with that amount. But it, that's the beauty is that everybody is individual. Yeah. Um, I think that's really interesting and a great perspective because I think a lot of people believe that it has to be a low carb diet that if you want to, and, and maybe, you know, if you want to get shredded or mm. whatever and, that, and that, that is a low carb diet is essentially for, for reducing body fat percentage. Gotcha. But it's not always just about building muscle when you're on that super low amount. Um, now you, you see a lot of people that are truly trying to build muscle that will do a, is considered a dirty bulk. Same thing. I'm not, I'm more about a, a balanced lifestyle to, to keep things moving in the right direction. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by live on labs, makers of liposomal vitamins and supplements. LiveOn uses a liposomal encapsulation technology to protect nutrients from destruction in the digestive system. This allows for more efficient delivery of essential vitamins and nutrients. Choose from various supplements that support health and well-being, such as lipospheric vitamin C, magnesium, glutathione, and more. To learn more, visit LiveOn Labs. That's L-I-V-O-N-Labs.com. Now, I know for a long time, people were all about cardio and because a lot of people think about exercise just in terms of weight loss. And for a while, it was all about cardio, doing cardio. And now we're looking at weight training and how that benefits with weight loss. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it's so beneficial for people who are trying to lose weight to also do resistance training? So, I mean, if you're lifting at a consistent basis, especially if you, you write down your workout programs, there's a lot of times if, if you're lifting heavier weights, I don't know about you, but my, my heart rate gets up to about 160, 180 beats per minute just by lifting, um, specifically with like squats, lunges, or deadlifts. Um, it skyrockets pretty, pretty darn quick. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was something um, so, that surprised me with weight training. <laughs> yeah. Weight training can be a great source of cardio if you're not just one of those people that sit around on playing on their cell phone while on a bench in between. True. Right? <laughs> um, so if you get in there to actually do the work, a lot of the times you can get that cardio rate up. Uh, cardio is very important. I don't think there should ever be one thing or the other. I Yet again, I like a very well balanced. So to where maybe you do some weight training one day, uh, and ideally trying to get heavyweight training. And this is something that I really have to push in my female patients more. Um, it, it's been instilled in them that, you know, anything small or bigger. I, I say if your weights are colorful, it's probably too light of a weight. <laughs> Not true. They have some pretty heavy bumper plates that are colored. <laughs> oh, do they? Great, yes. great. Well, I like seeing color anyway. Um, I get distracted by colors easily. But dumbbells, <laughs> like colored dumbbells, I think you're you're right. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah. But generally speaking, you know, push yourself when you go to pick up weights. Um, if, if you're moving it around too light um, and it's easy, it's not enough for muscle development. It's enough for 
stability, but stability doesn't go anywhere. So we always want to be trying to move forward. Now, we also don't want to push ourselves too hard too fast because we don't want to get injured and then lose traction and not be able to lift again. Yeah. Now, what is what about body weight exercises? Because I know a lot of us are not going to the gym right now and we're working out at home. Are those still strength building as well? They can be strength building. They're not as challenging and they don't build as much muscle. However, if you can learn to do calisthenics to where you actually use your muscles to counteract every single movement. So if you are doing like a modified bench press, if you can actually use your muscles to control back and forth motion, you can stimulate your body like it's under a load. But if I were to just move my hands back and forth, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. You really want to contract and then try to push through each portion. Um, And that's where it can help at home exercises a lot more. Or, you know, I I tell people, uh, pick up Tide jugs or, you know, any kind of laundry detergent, five-gallon buckets around here. Uh, You know, almost every farm (laughs) has it on there. You can load them up with lots of water or sand or grain. Um, You can can find ways to weight train at home as well. Yeah, absolutely. So someone who comes into you, they've never touched a weight in their life. They're kind of intimidated by it. What's some advice that you would give them to maybe get started with resistance training or building more muscle? Find a darn good jam station. <laughs> no, uh, True. Very true. <laughs> reach out to somebody that you know that, that maybe could help you. Start with a partner or start with a trainer. Um, any Anybody that has already been there. Um, I, I've been doing the gym for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get to see all kinds of people in their shapes, sizes, ages, ranges, sexes, everything. Um, I enjoy seeing everybody in there. As long as you pick up after yourself and uh, don't <laughs> sit on the bench forever using your Wipe phone. everything down. <laughs> oh, that, that's a different scenario. Um, but, you know, uh, as long as you get in there and work, you're, you're doing the right thing. You're yeah. doing better than, than somebody that's sitting at home on the couch. Uh, I don't care what your experience level is. And, you know, if somebody wants to come up to me and ask for guidance, I'm perfectly fine with that. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, that's great advice. I have another one question for you, just um, based on a little bit what you talked about in that article was uh, functional training. So what exactly is functional training and what are the benefits of that? So functional training, I see as a way to move a weight or provide a movement of the body that would give us success in daily movements. So now that I've got my little one, she mm-hmm. wants to run around and uh, be held, but at the same point in time, she wants to wiggle, right? So we pick up, pick them up in very awkward positions. So same thing, you know, don't be afraid to pick up a weight and move it in an awkward position that doesn't feel necessarily comfortable to you, but is safe. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hurt ourselves. Um, but I'll do a lot of cross body motions. So where you start on one side of the body and you come across and go to the other, um, or, um, let's see, what are some other ones? So when you do lunges doing like a, uh, cross lunge to where you're not just lunging forward and lunging backwards. You're actually mixing it up, going side to side. That's more of a functional movement. Um, 
when you do pull-ups, instead of just going up and down, you can actually pull up and then move side to side. Um, those are all functional movements. It, it's making your muscles move outside of the plane of function that it normally would. Yeah, that's got to be great for mobility in the later years, I would assume. Yeah. Um, so being a great assessment of elderly uh, on how likely they are to be injured or live a longer life has actually been shown the ability to actually squat down and get back up without the use of the hands. Interesting. I didn't know that. So what's the I correlation what there? I study that is, but uh, <laughs> that came out probably eight, ten years ago. Interesting. Well, we'll have to look into that and see if we can link it in the show notes and see if we can find that one. Great. So, Dr. Moffat, I have to ask you, what what's your favorite type of strength training or, or what's your PR? <laughs> uh, my favorite type of strength training. I, I just love heavy weights and I like free weights. I'm not a big yeah. weight machine type guy, depending on the uh, the gym. I may use some machines, but most of my weight uh, revolves around a, a squat rack, a bench press and, and dumbbells. Keeping it uh, simple. <laughs> PRs, I don't do those too much anymore, but I guess if we're throwing out PRs, I think bench press, the most I've ever done was 395. Wow. Um, it was a competition to get to four plates. I didn't quite make it. Um, with squat, the most I've ever done was, I think, 485. And deadlifts, I would say, I think. This one, I'm not sure of. I know it wasn't a ton. I've never been a be the best deadlifter. I think I got 425. Not uh, bad. But it's, been, it's been a long while since I've done those. Nowadays, I stick mostly with about 275 to 315 on squats. Um, bench press, usually about 225, 275. Um, I've learned that as I age, it's not quite worth pushing through the pain to, to meet objectives. Um, so yet again, I trained functionally to be strong, yet balance uh, my, my, my metabolism and my mental health. Um, so it, it's all about the, the health aspect of lifting. But uh, yeah, I don't go for true PRs anymore. <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Well, I know that you've got to get back to seeing patients, Dr. Moffitt, but thanks so much for joining me today. And I hope that everyone will now consider resistance training to help build more muscle so that it can act as medicine in your life. So thanks, Dr. Moffitt. All right, guys, take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.